Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, Real Presence Radio community. Welcome to Real Presence Radio Live. This is your host, Father Kyle Metzger, and I'm joined here with Roxanne Solonen. Good morning, Roxanne. Good morning, Father. It's good to be with you again. Good to be with you also. We're uh, we're broadcasting here from our Real Presence Radio studios on this beautiful November uh, Friday the 13th, Roxanne. I just thought of that, Friday the 13th, but it's, uh, it's a beautiful day here. We thank you for... Uh, for joining us here for the next couple of hours. Yes, uh, uh, it's last time I was here was the live drive, I believe. So it's yes. good to be back and and with you all. I just have to say, Catholic Radio, Real Presence Radio, it's, it's such a blessing to me, and uh, it feeds me in this world of confusion and division, and you know that unification of and just focusing on God. So talk just, about true things and beautiful things, good things in the world, and uh, to. That's uh, right. Now, uh, Roxanne and I, we, we've got a, a great show ahead of us, but before we dive into that, you know that there was this beautiful article you had about a renovation in one of our parishes that has a lot of listeners here, Lidgerwood. Can you tell me about what went on in uh, Lidgerwood, North Dakota? I was talking to Father Andrew this summer, and he was talking about this really innovative renovation that happened at his parish. And as he was talking about it, I thought, this is something more people need to know about. So I asked my editor at the forum if I could write a story about it. And I was really blessed to be able to actually go down to Lidgerwood and see it in person, um, what they did over a a period. It was actually a pretty short, just about four or five months uh, of renovation. Obviously, a lot of thought went into it, but uh, they have... um, you know, actual marble flooring, which they did at, at a fraction of the price, the way they were able to go about doing that with ha- having someone there that knew a lot about this, had worked and, you know, had helped uh, do the flooring for the Vikings Stadium and the Mall of America. And he's right here in our, our area, in the Lidgerate area. So um, it was just fascinating. And then Liz Schwankel, who is local, goes to St. Santa Joachim, did the did the artwork, and they were able to do it on a smaller three by five foot canvas, which they projected digital, digitally onto the the back altar piece, and it was just amazing to hear about how all that came together and how cost effective it was and how beautiful. Yeah, I was amazed by seeing the before and after pictures yes. of these renovations. Just you know, uh, kind of you know, stark white walls, and then taking that really uh, high quality digital picture. And then transferring that onto the to the wall, it was absolutely striking the transformation. And like you said, this uh, it's a small parish on, right. in the plains of North Dakota, but uh, turning it into a very striking, moving sanctuary. One really neat part about it too was that the Lutheran Church was very cordial and helped with. Um, they you know allowed their space during the time that it was under renovation. And and helped in other ways too, and so it, it was kind of an ecumenical, yeah. you know, for that little community too. So I just think it's a kind of a, a model of what could could be for for smaller areas that kind of feel like they've gotten lost, you know, yeah. and, and, and just a little beacon there. Well, if you are looking for a pilgrimage out there, and you are in dra- uh, traveling distance to Saint Boniface in Lidgerwood, 
Drive to St. Boniface. They've got a, a beautiful church there recently renovated with some high tech, you know, artwork. And, that and the outside in. is, un, you know, unassuming. You know, you wouldn't know until you go in. So definitely go inside, sit there a while and just be in the presence of beauty. So beauty, yeah. uplift your heart, draw your mind to God. Okay. Well, Roxanne, We've got a, a lot ahead of us. What, uh, what, uh, what, what, what guests do we have coming on here? Well, we have Deacon Mark Crudgy, and he's uh, over there at the Diocese of Crookston, not too far from us. And he's going to be talking about shepherding them home. And I think we have him on the line here. Deacon Mark, are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning. Welcome to Real Presence Radio Live. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry, Deacon? Sure. I, I'm, uh, uh, as you said, a deacon in the Diocese of Crookston, and I'm the director of the Office of Formation and Discipleship for the Diocese. Um, and and part of that um, is this Shepherding Them Home program that we've been um, holding in our diocese for a couple of years now. This is going to be the first part, Deacon, of a, of a multi-part series we're going to have on Real Presence Radio, um, Shepherding Home. Uh, we're calling it the Shepherding Home series. How can we bring our loved ones, you know, back into full communion, full practice of the faith? So we're going to have you on several times. We appreciate you um, doing this. You have a unique role as a deacon and a unique ministry in doing that. What are some insights you could offer to our listeners about this this need shepherding our loved ones back to the church well yeah typically what i'll do is you know i would bring this into the parish for a multi-evening or for an all-day type of retreat and um oh, some time ago we thought well maybe we could send this out to the entire world presence live network in these kind of shorter segments and the the point of shepherding them home you know, we all have, so many of us have, loved ones who've left the faith. And as I traveled around the diocese, it was the most common lamentation I heard amongst the lay faithful. Uh, and, and then I'd also hear, you know, and I try to talk to them about it, but it doesn't go well, or I don't know how to bring it up, or I'm afraid to talk to them about the Church, because that might drive them even further away. And And so the point of shepherding them home is to help um, prepare Catholics to enter into what I call their ministry, their ministry to their family members who've left the faith. And and during the course of these four sessions, we'll lately touch on some of the things we cover um, about how to, you know, prepare yourself and then how to go out and, and start this long, for some, very long ministry of bringing your loved ones back to the Church. I, uh, uh, when I was in eighth grade, I had a very wonderful uh, Catholic school teacher, and she made us memorize Matthew chapter 28, uh, verse uh, 29 and 30. Go therefore, baptize all nations. Um, uh, go therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's the mission of every Catholic, is it not, to bring people into the yeah. church? Yeah, it's so true. It's, it's what Pope Francis wrote about in the Joy of the Gospel, and others have said this as well, that in virtue of our baptism, we're all called to be missionary disciples. And for some of us, that means a missionary disciple right in the midst of our own family. Deacon Mark, can you kind of describe, based on what you're hearing, what you've read, what you are teaching about, where the breakdown has happened? And I assume it's in various degrees and levels and, and, and all sorts of things, but is there kind of a theme here, or what? What? How can we break it down? What is happening 
that so many of our, our loved ones are, are walking away. Yeah, you know, there, there are many different paths that have been identified that lead to somebody who, um, you know, was raised in a, a Catholic home. They went to uh, Mass with their parents. They uh, participated in the sacraments, of course, and, and religious education or, you know, Catholic schools. Um, and then as they make this transition from um, really elementary years into high school years and then into their 20s, they... they you know, there are different paths that they take that, you know, have people starting to walk away from the Church. <laughs> a recent um, study that was done found that of people in their 20s right now, you know, so these young people today who left are, are leaving the Church in record numbers and also are rejecting a belief in God in record numbers, they identified that on average, the average age when they left the Church was 13. And, and of course, you know, this is meant that maybe their parents still took them to church, but they mentally were leaving the, the faith. So for some of our family members, you know, who haven't been engaged, um, uh, you know, it, it's something that they've been, you know, for many, many years starting to drift away, sometimes even within our own homes, and we don't even recognize it. We just want our, our listeners to know, Deacon, that... Um as part of this segment, we're going to be giving away um, the book Returned. Uh, it's kind of making inroads in, in many Catholic circles. Returned, it's written by uh, Brandon Voigt. If any of our listeners would like a copy of this, go ahead and call the studio at 877-795-0122. Uh, and we can send you a copy. You can include maybe a family member's name that, uh, that you'd like Deacon to pray for. Um, Deacon, can you tell us a little bit about this book, Returned, by Brandon Voigt? Yes, Father. It's, um, you know, and, and let me just make one correction. I think, you know, Teresa um, at Real Presence Radio said that we'd give out so many of these each session. So every time I'm on, if you call in, we'll be able to give away a, 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 a limited number. But and in part, we're able to do this because Shepherding Them Home in our diocese was supported by a grant from our Sunday Visitor Institute um, that allowed us to to bring this book in. You know, Brandon has written a really nice practical, you know, how to you know how to bring somebody, you know, shepherd them, you know, into the church or back to the church, and he has a lot of good ideas. Some of which I'll be covering as well over these four sessions. Um, but then some real practical tips, and then bringing up, you know, what if my loved one says this? How could I respond? What if they say that? How could I respond? You know, everything from I don't believe in God, I don't believe in the Church, why does the Church teach such and such and so and so? And and, and, he, and he gives a really nice way for us to respond to the family members who, you know, are, are living a life in, in the secular world where they think they don't need the Church. Deacon, um, I, I'm still kind of going back to what do you think is happening that this is such a huge problem right now? Because it kind of seems like a, a tsunami. <laughs> and and how can we kind of get a grasp on it as parents? Yeah, you know, it, it's a multi-generational tsunami, you could say, that's happening here. Um, because what's, what's, what's occurring is, you know, I, I was born in 1959, end of the baby boomers. My generation... Um, dropped out of the church, you know, in, in increasing numbers in our 20s. But then when we got married or when we had children, we, you know, came back. 
right? Um, well, then the next generation, um, you know, they came back in fewer numbers. And the millennials then, they came back in even fewer numbers. They dropped out and they didn't come back. Well, the thing is, now we have more people raising children who have had very little connection with the church. And, um, and, and so the children are picking up that you don't need the church in order to be Catholic. More and more people in the secular world, you know, in the world that our loved ones are going into are hearing, you know, that they believe that you don't need the church in order to believe in God. There's that. And then, of course, there's also, well, you don't need to believe in God. It, it does mean that, you know, my parents, they, they brought us to Catholic school and, and church, and being a Catholic was just part of who we were. It was just part of our lives. It's, you know, it's called cultural Catholicism. Um, and, and you know, this idea that if we raise our kids in the faith, they'll stay Catholic. Um, George Weigel says um, Catholicism by osmosis is dead. And so what we have to do, if, if you have children, young children at home, you have to be a, a real active um, um, interpreter of the Church. You have to be an active witness of your faith and why the Church is there for your faith. And, and you need to, you know, be able to um, um, witness the importance of faith to your children. And, and you have to be more explicit about this, because our children beginning in high school and beyond are hearing more and more, you don't need the church. Hmm. I, you I, know, one of the things that, that people—oh, I'm sorry, oh, go ahead. Oh, go, no, go ahead. You go ahead. I, well, one of the things, you know, that, that, that we heard, or that you hear more and more, is that after— um, you know, in the 60s and 70s, um, you know, we sacramentalized, but we didn't catechize. You know, and you, you hear that phrase. We brought people to the sacraments, but we maybe didn't um, give the support of a strong catechesis behind that. Um, you know, Bishop Robert Barron talks regularly about, you know, we, we dumbed down Catholicism. At a time when the culture was asking more and more pointed questions. And so we have a lot of, of people raised Catholics who are in the culture, and they're not sure how to respond to some of these pointed questions. Well, Deacon, we're going to have to uh, take a break, but I want you to stick with us. I think there's a lot more that we can unpack and talk about here. We just want to let our listeners know we still have more copies of Return by Brendan Voigt available, so feel free to call the studio, 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two, and we'd be more than happy to send you a copy of that book. We're going to take a break here, but stay tuned. We're going to be back with more uh, with uh, Deacon Mark Creechy on the other side of the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. 
For more than 20 years, the University of Mary has watched students thrive through affordable, flexible, and formative online education programs. Now, we are delighted to announce the expansion of these offerings with the robust portfolio of advanced education options created intentionally for the Catholic working professional. Our programs offer accelerated formats with classes beginning every five weeks throughout the year and the potential for a return on your investment in the very first year. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. We have all lost someone to the reality of death, some more tragic than others. I'm Father Chris Alar. While grieving is a natural process, it helps if you know how to navigate your way through it. As my friend Sammy Wood says, you can never get over a tragic loss, but you can get through it. Come to know the stages of grief, which are acute, integrated, and complicated grief. Seek help whenever needed, either from a friend or especially from medical professionals. There is no shame in asking for help. Remember, Jesus accepted the help of his followers while bearing the weight of the cross on his way to Calvary. Don't go it alone. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Roxanne Solonen, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Father Kyle Metzger, and we are talking with Deacon Mark Kretschy from the Diocese of Crookston, talking about when our loved ones leave, leave not only our, the hearth, but they leave the church, which is a, a, a true heartache for parents. And but we have some we have some antidotes to that. So, um, Deacon, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we can do as we're seeing uh, this 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 trend happen and in, in when it affects our own lives? What 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 can we do about it? Well, and, and this is something, um, as you mentioned at the beginning of the segment here, this is the first of four sessions where I'll be coming on and taking people through the Shepherding Them Home ministry preparation, which is built on four important pillars. So the first pillar is, is prayer, and we talk about the importance of prayer as you reach out to loved ones. And then there's preparation that we should do to understand why did our loved one, loved one leave the faith, um, why don't they believe in God? What's going on in society? Some of the things we've been talking about today. And then we talk about the importance, or I'll be talking about the importance of practice. To get yourself ready for that first conversation, how do you practice these conversations with a supportive person? And then, you know, at the end, in the fourth session, everyone's going to come up with a plan of action. You know, a plan of ministry, as I keep calling it. Um, uh, in terms of, okay, what are the next steps that I can take? To, to engage my loved one in a conversation that may go on for weeks, months, or years as I work to shepherd them back to the church. I love that you started with prayer because I think uh, the rest of the, the, the plan <laughs> won't be effective if we don't truly surrender this to our Lord, who is very aware of, of everything that's causing this. And he loves our loved ones more than we do. So I think that's something to to keep in mind that that we really need to open ourselves to God in this because it is a true 
uh, suffering for people. And I think it's something that people carry very deep within them. It's maybe something Catholic families don't always talk about openly um, because it's a it's such a deep suffering. Are are you finding that too as you are talking with people? Well, yes, and, and you know it's it's something that I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the importance of prayer because as you enter this ministry, we we are the instruments of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that will will draw our loved ones back to the church, and and so. Too many um, parents and grandparents, they think, oh, I've got to find the perfect words, I have to do the perfect thing, and they think that it's all up to them. No, it's not. It's up to the Holy Spirit, which is why this entire ministry has to begin in prayer, and, and, and prayer has to go throughout your, your time. If you have a loved one that's not involved in the Church, something you should do every day is to pray for that loved one. And pray that that loved one comes back to church, comes back to God, knowing that it may not happen for a long time. And we have literally saints in our church who prayed for family members for years before they became part of the church. The first that comes to my mind, of course, is St. Monica praying for her son, Augustine, who would also become a saint. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, maybe uh, St. Monica as an intercessor in this uh, in this battle? Yes, every time we um, gather for the Shepherding Them Home um, um, sessions, uh, I call them prayer shops, because we literally pray as we go through the workshop. And one of the prayers that we go to is St. Monica. You know, we know about St. Augustine, a doctor of the Church, one of the greatest teachers of the church and and he didn't start out that way though he um he and his and his dad were not christian saint monica was a christian and she tried to get his son her son um interested in the faith and you know he was just throwing up roadblock after roadblock after roadblock and he takes off for rome and she follows him there and he takes off for milan she follows him there and the and ambrose the saint ambrose the the bishop of milan gives great advice to Monica and says to Monica, Monica, talk less to Augustine about God and more to God about Augustine. And so Ambrose is telling Monica, yeah, pray for your son more. And, and of course, the, the, the fruits were there. Um, Augustine became not only a Christian, um, but he became a bishop in the Church, and he went on to become one of the great teachers of the Church. Monica prayed for years before Augustine had his conversion. That's right, and I, th- I think we have maybe one copy left for this session. I'm not sure, but if, if you want to grab that last copy, call 877-795-0122. I'm sorry, I'll say that again. 877-795-0122 to get the book returned by Brandon Boat. It, it, it's sounds like people are responding to this, so I, I know that that need is great out there. Um, and if you include your family member's first name, Deacon Mark will pray for them. Uh, so so um, we, we have some prayer requests, too, uh, as, as people are, are calling in. Allison would like prayers for her brother, Ryan. Darlene is asking for prayers for family and friends. Um, Adam has a prayer for his three children. Uh, Carol is asking for prayers for Stephen and Gina and boys. So you can see that people are already, their hearts are, are um, you know, asking the intercession. Um, and, 
how wonderful that we do have St. Monica. And I think sometimes we think, oh, well, that was back then. The church was different. They didn't have the same problems we do now. But anyone who knows a little bit about St. Augustine's story, there were definitely forces in the world, weren't there, Father? I mean, that was the heart of the Roman, pagan Roman Empire right, right there. So uh, their their situation, I don't think, would be as different uh, from ours as we think. Deacon, I was struck by the line that you quoted from, from uh, Augustine's autobiography, where the Lord tells his mother, talk less to Augustine about God and more to God about Augustine. Mm. That's very beautiful. You know, in my, in my own experience, Deacon, uh, you know, you, I've encountered a lot of parents who feel a sort of angst, even culpability uh, when their children have left the faith, you know, and they'll say things, you know, like I even sent them to, to years of Catholic school and they're still, and they no longer practice the faith. That there's a, a real heaviness to many parents. Do you have anything you could, could say to them about that, that reality that perhaps some of our listeners are, are in? Yes, and oh, I, I hear that too, Father. I hear it all the time, and it, you know, and for some, it, it's like a guilt of oh, I should have done more. Um, for others, it's uh, uh, an upset. Come on, I did everything I could, and my kids are rejecting not only the faith, but they feel the parents are feeling like they're kind of rejecting me as well. Um, you know, and, and you get kind of you know everything in between. But what happens a lot then is because of of that reaction. Oh, I should have done more, or I'm upset with my kids about this. Uh, well, of course, that's what the evil one wants us to be thinking, because it keeps us from lovingly approaching again and again our loved ones, saying, what are you thinking about God now? Or why was it that you decided not to become Catholic anymore? Uh, I had people attend shepherding them home, and they didn't even know that answer. Their, their loved ones left, you know, their, their children aren't going to church anymore, yet they can't really explain what their children are thinking and why that happened. Well, it's a great place to start. You know, well, tell me about this. Uh, and then, of course, when they tell you, don't argue with them, but rather go back and take that into prayer. You know, and pray to God about these reasons that the, your loved one is giving you. Um, of course, before you have that conversation, have a lot of prayer behind you, and I just can't stress that enough. It's We pray to open ourselves up to be instruments of the Holy Spirit in this ministry, and we've got to keep that in mind. Dick and Mark, don't you think another part of it, too, even beyond, well, first the prayer, but even before the dialogue, is just that living witness that we are called to the fire to, not to panic, but to, to get our own faith in, in order, in right order, so that so that we can just live that out and they can witness that through us. When the, when the dark world, you know, surrounds them, they'll see that little light in us. I, I hope that's part of the answer. I, I think it is. Well, Roxanne, spot on. In fact, you've given a little bit of a preview of some, some things I'm going to be talking about in the next two segments when I'm on, about prepare and practice. I mean, one thing we have to make sure we're doing is we're practicing the faith, and joyfully so, and letting them know how much we love being Catholic, how much we love God, how much the Eucharist means to us. Um, yes, our personal witness still has an impact on our loved ones, even if they're grown and out of the home. I wanted to mention one more prayer 
request. I don't think I got this one in, but Peggy has called in asking for prayers for two of her five children. And I thank all of our listeners for taking these requests to prayer today as you pray for your own loved ones who've left the faith. Deacon, uh, we're going to have you back on on Wednesday, uh, November 18th, um, to take up part two of this series on on welcoming our our family and friends back into the faith. Can you give us just a, a brief preview of a few things you want to cover um, in greater depth on Wednesday? Well, yes. What we'll be doing on Wednesday is to take a look at oh, how do I prepare myself for this conversation that I'll be having? What what do I need to know about the faith, about the culture, and about how I'm going to react when I start having these conversations with my loved ones? All right. Well, thank you so much, and we're looking forward to more segments here. Um, next, we'll be talking about the miracles one local woman has experienced in her life. That should be an interesting segment, Father. So stay tuned to, for Real Presence Live, and we will be back in after this break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Music.